How do? Hey up. I'm JD. And I'm Max. Welcome to Hiking with Howl, a podcast from the outdoors. Each month we're going to go for a walk somewhere in the UK. And we're going to bring you along for the tour. Each episode is accompanied with route information and a map on our website at howlbushcraft.com so you'll be able to take this walk yourself and listen along in real time as we guide you through some fantastic landscapes. Or you can listen during your morning coffee, commute or wherever you want an immersive, audible experience in nature. If you're joining us for the tour, make sure you have a full map and the skill to read it. This recording is meant to be a supplement for your own hike, so one that acts as a navigation tool. You'll need to find your way on your own. There's also a post on the blog at howlbushcraft.com with tips on what to carry in your backpack, and you're always advised to let someone know where you're going and when you're due to be home. Be sure to take time to ditch the headphones on your hike too, and listen to the sounds of the wild. We'll give you cues to know when to pause and start the podcast to get the best of your tour, but equally, if you're listening at home, sit back and enjoy as we take a wander through some of our favourite environments. Think of us as your audio companions to highlight points of interest and generally offer some conversation during sections of your walk. If you listen at home, enter an immersive experience of nature, crunching leaves, trickling streams, high winds at times and two friends holding discourse in the outdoors. Welcome to Hiking with Hal. We've got a special guest this time, Buddy the Dog. We'll be taking you on a journey up Gardale Scar, moving on to Parsons Pulpit further up north, and then descending our way down to Malum Tarn, and then continuing down and through Malum Cove, where our journey will finish. On the way, we'll pass through settlements of different time periods. We'll ascend into some high hills and make our way through some pretty narrow valleys as well. There's a scramble along the way, so be prepared for that. We are heading off into some pretty exposed areas, so when you get up onto the tops, you will experience the full force of nature up there. It might well be worth checking the weather reports before you set out. Definitely bring along a waterproof jacket, maybe some waterproof trousers if you feel you need them, and be prepared for the weather that you might encounter. Also, the walk we're undertaking today is quite a lengthy one, so it probably is advisable that you do take food and drink with you. Um, we managed to take a water filter with us and filter our water en route but if not just make sure your bottles are full and you've got plenty of snacks to keep you going through the day. The beauty of this walk is there's plenty to look around for. So you'll be passing plenty of settlements that you can keep an eye out for on your map which are marked in a gothic font dating back all the way from the Mesolithic period nearly 9,000 years ago. And just for an example, if you see stone circle or settlement in that font, it's going to be a really interesting bit of history that you can go and unlock. So we're walking into the entrance to the Gordale Scar. It's a big green field with a nice white gravel track up the middle of it. And we'll start the walk off here, I reckon, today. I reckon so. Yeah. Good place to start, yeah. Yeah, so if you're following along with us uh, with the audio in your ears, then uh, yeah, wherever you want to park up, you pick us up at this entryway to Gordale Gorge. That's quite popular this morning, as I imagine it always is, but I've never been here before. Haven't, and we're looking at very, very dramatic cliffs at the moment, aren't we, into yeah, the gorge? Very quickly, it's steep on either side. Absolutely. These gorgeous limestone cliffs either side. 
which is quite unusual to see actually, isn't it? This far, this sorry, this close to the Peak District from where we live. And you come what an hour and a half, and then we've got this huge gorge just in front yeah, of us, yeah. don't we? It's a really far, drastic. Far bigger and more dramatic than anything in Peak District. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. Entering in here, we've got these oh. beautiful white terraces of rock all up either side. And at the top, we've got crows circling away. Occasional trees scattered up, higher up. Probably bottom two thirds of it are all broken scree slopes that scramble down into the stream at the bottom. There looks to be some ash and some yew higher up. And what I can see here, just based on the colour, And we're here after a day of full-on stormy weather. We've got blue skies, white clouds just drifting past overhead. You can almost see the see the rising sun dropping down into the valley as it comes up over the top. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's lovely. Absolutely lovely. We get these kind of geological features like this, especially a deep gorge, just because the water's eroded the limestone a little bit easier than you would gritstone. So yeah, you get these really steep sided valleys and cliff faces, which are brilliant for nesting birds as well, aren't they, this time of year? Yeah. Really good. Especially under the overhangs as well, and little features like that. Immediately turn a corner into a huge, huge vertical cliff face, slightly overhanging. Wow. A big Absolutely. current of air coming down, isn't there? There is. On the top. Absolutely stunning. Some Thinking, gear in there for rock climbing. I was about to say, so yeah, limestone's brilliant for um, for climbing, just because of all the interesting holds that you get. And it looks like uh, we've got a bit of a scramble ahead of us up the waterfall. Yeah, in, um, when it's raining heavily, apparently this whole feature is just completely covered in water. Amazing. You can see from the colour of the rocks where where the high water marks are. Absolutely. It's almost a scale I can't quite get my eyes adjusted to. <laughs> it's, it's massive. Incredible. Say we just come from sort of gently rolling hills of the dales. Yeah. We're suddenly in this huge chasm. It's, it's called a scar for a reason, that's for sure. I don't know if you can see all the charcoals behind you. Yeah, all the... Up the crack. Oh yeah. But it uh, looks like a, a big long climbing route up to a... That's an ascent, isn't it? ...wedge up top, yeah. Nice. But um, yeah, we're probably just going to try and scale this scramble in a second. Um, just being careful, because limestone, when it is wet and has this much traffic going through it, it's being incredibly polished, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So if you are going to climb this section, guys, just take your time and pick the best route but we'll walk you through that in a minute. That's it. But yeah, this is this walk definitely includes, I'd say, a 
moderate scramble for most people, I yeah. think. So yeah, take your time. Yeah, you'll hear lots of grunting and waterfall noises at this point. Yeah, buddy seems ready anyway. <laughs> Come on in. A pond full of tadpoles there as well. See more in there? Oh, lovely. Your fleet of frogs soon. I don't know what the collective term for frogs is. No. It's not a flange of gorillas, I know that. A flange. It, it, the water's so clear as well, isn't it, because of the limestone. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. I'm pretty um, taken back by this, to be honest with you. Yeah, I thought, I didn't didn't think I'd want to stop so much, just stand and look. No, not at all. It's unbelievable. You see all the intricacies of the rock as it's formed and been pushed together and then how the water's eroded that away. Just amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Really. Really taken aback by that. So I reckon to put a grade on it just before you guys maybe start climbing. I'd look this up on forums as well though, but straight up the middle you've probably got what looks like grade two scramble, um, which maybe grade three it's maybe involved climbing. We've got very little water coming through as well, haven't we? Like yeah. It's a tiny little trickling brook, which is quite pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly if there was higher water levels, you'd have to reassess this completely. Absolutely. Even just to get access to the waterfall to climb up. But I think what we'll do is we'll we'll make our ascent. It would probably be worthwhile if you're following along this walk with us to pause the recording at this point and uh, and have your wits about you while you climb up. Uh, so once you're up the waterfall, we'll we'll meet you at the top there and we'll back on. Yeah, definitely a very careful scramble there. We've got um, quite a dramatic initial climb, that first sort of scramble to the top of the waterfall. But I'm now stood at the top of the waterfall, just waiting for Max to catch up. And uh, yeah, it's it's quite a hard gorge to get your head around, really. It's, it's, it really is quite huge. There's people that seem like they shouldn't be too far ahead of me um, up at the top of the gorge but they look tiny so the, the scales all off a little bit but up here there's a beautiful hole in the cliff that the water's punched through with the waterfall pushing through it i'm sure when the water levels are higher here that's really something to see at the minute we've got this cute little trickle falling out of there and there's a big tooth in the middle of the gorge as you get to the top there's some very very resilient ash trees growing out of it with the crows flying in between we've got the wind whistling up between us you quite often get that in gorges like this even on calm days just the temperature differential from the valley floor to the valley top tends to pull the, the wind through it'd be a fantastic place to come rock climbing if we had the gear for it it's like some really challenging routes, some good overhangs to navigate to get to the top as well. And there seems to be some historic gear put in there. And we're just waiting for the sun to punch into the valley. Oh, wow! Definitely. that! Yeah, the hole. Wow! It's amazing, isn't it? 
Just big kind of green tongue sticking out of it. What a place. Worth bearing in mind that Buddy is a an experienced mountain dog <laughs> and that um, we definitely would not recommend that one with a dog. Not at all. Uh, that was definitely turning around territory with him almost. A good bit of scrambling, we get to the top of the waterfall and there's actually steps out to the top of the gorge. <laughs> yeah. So we'll make our ascent now. We'll leave you here in the gorge, taking the views, that beautiful hole in the wall with the stream running through it. Absolutely. We'll ascend these steps and we'll meet you back at the top. Yeah, we'll see you up there. Well, you find us here at the top of Gordale Scar. Although I might have been calling it Garbrook this whole time. I think so, I'm not too sure. <laughs> so Gordale Scar, um, we've just climbed up, we've just passed the waterfall, basically stood at the very end of a prow of rock that sits right at the top of the scar, looking down over the um, over the landscape we've just climbed up. This kind of almost vicious slice into the hillside with the limestone protruding out of the rocks. But from the top, it almost looks like we're getting into sort of Hobbiton Shire territory. Um, it does. You, you could almost imagine dropping down this into Rivendell yeah. if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. So we're going to leave you here to enjoy the landscape for yourselves. We don't want to keep talking over you as you walk. We're going to carry on about uh, about 600, 600 metres from where we are. And there's a little feature on the map on the left of the footpath. There looks to be a square feature. It could be a sheepfold, could be a little... A ruined hut, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we're going to try and see if we can find that and we'll click back on when we get there. Just under some crags, isn't it? Just under some crags, yeah. Cool. So we'll, um, we'll cut back in when we get there. Welcome back. So you've just joined us at the top of Gardale Scar then. Um, you, if you're following along this walk with us, you may be struggling to find this square feature like we are. It's basically a, a plateau of broken and weathered land, uh, limestone all kind of just poking up out of the hill um, and what looks on the map to be a very obvious square amongst just an open plain uh, seems to be concealed at least for us today in a bunch of exposed limestone. The limestone though with all its cracks and little fissures is an absolute treasure of an ecosystem in itself on the top of a hillside I've found wild garlic growing, ramsoms in there which I've only found by streams yeah right, really? yeah just tucked into the gaps there wow yeah, yeah. so it's like a massive yeah sort of catch for all kinds of an ecosystem in fact I've got a brown beetle that's just climbed on me and flown off There you go, there is all the purple flower. Wow. At the time? Yeah. Cool. There's a, a lone bugle flower growing next to the pond there. Beautiful. Purple spike on the hillside. And really good. There's tadpoles up here. Pardon? There's some intrepid frogs around here. You're laying yeah, the frog spawn up here, aren't they? We got Herb Robert knocking around. Yeah, there's a fair amount of it up here, actually. Mm. The uh, stinky, stinkiest herb of them all. I really like it though. You sicker. Is this the wild thyme you were talking about there, yeah. Max? That's the one. Beautiful. Little purple flower. It's got that classic thyme structure. It's absolutely beautiful. And it smells just, oh, and tastes unbelievable. 
Mmm. Almost worth picking a little bit to have with lunch. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Really hardy, um, fellow mountain plant, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of tough, you know. To, yeah. you, you couldn't just strip a few leaves into a salad. You've got to really chew it. That's it. But as a pot herb, that'd be lovely. Like in uh, south of France, like really arid, stony, dry patches next to rivers, you find thyme growing a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's what I like about walking in different places. I've never been here before, and yet there's loads of familiar plants. You sort of have those little touchstones of familiarity. It really sort of just makes you feel at home outdoors then. We're not going to give you tips on navigating, we hope that you should be well up to scratch during these walks but yeah, always good keeping an eye on your, your markers and your waypoints. Yeah, and like we say at the top of the episode, we like to think of this recording as like audio companionship, Yeah, but we can't navigate for you <laughs> if you take the wrong path <laughs> and we start talking about features that you can't see, it's not going to be any use. No, so you'll blame you, us. Yeah. <laughs> so you do need to navigate them yourself. But I think generalised tips on, you know, operating the map and compass is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of them, if you, if you do have any questions about learning, just ask us as well in the comments and things like that. We've not really spoke about that yet, have we? You know, yeah, get in touch. feel free to just ask us anything if yeah, you're definitely. wondering. Or even join us on a course if you're local. Yeah. We'll have some navigation courses going on this year. What have we got here? Is this a Hawthorne? It is, big one. Beautiful one. In fact, that's photo worthy, that Hawthorne. Bit Lord of the Rings, that, isn't it? It's a bit. If it was white. Very nice. It's gorgeous up here. It is. Big, we've sort of come out of the top and it's just expansive with these white, uh, white rocks just scattered everywhere. Good little trick if you've got blisters on your boots, mm -hmm. just put sheep's wool in the back of them. All right, so you do when you find sheep's wool cling like uh, clinging to uh, barbed wire, yeah, just shove a load of that behind your heel. And I guess it adds as a cushion, cushion it? yeah. Just don't put it on an open wound. I wonder if the lanolin oh, yeah. um, helps to like soften the skin a bit as yeah. well. Lanolin, alone. this is really weird landscape, it is. It's almost, it's hard to tell whether it's natural or artificial. There's it is. so many straight lines and fissures in the rock. It's, um, it really does look like it's sort of an ancient village almost. It's crazy. But built out of natural processes. As we come into that clearing then with that square feature on our left, it's, um, it's surrounded by quite a lot of exposed limestone on the top of this little hillside there's a big boulder on our left if you're up here yourself you'll see that sort of grey at the bottom and white at the top and walking past and our square feature seems to be sort of concealed within all of this exposed limestone right on the very top it does because we're on we should be level with it yeah we can see the various markers to indicate it Given that we've got another 16k to do today, yep. we can't really spend an hour no. going the landscape for an archaeological feature. <laughs> <laughs> we passed so many today as well, which is we good. Will. We will. 
once we pass through this and on our left hand side once it's cleared we should be coming up to some more settlements which should be cool we should be going right along by them have you got any sense of when these settlements are from time period wise um so they they say that a lot of them are from the mesolithic right. which means middle stone age yeah, yeah. um which is absolutely one of my favorite um kind of like periods to, to study in that i'm interested in um i'd love to know more about it but yeah a lot of these settlements date back to then but there's quite a few that also um some of the houses and the ruins on this walk as well start from the 1700s cool. um but a lot of the kind of stone like cairns and burials um you know that you see on the map as that gothic print that font are, yeah. um, they say that mesolithic cool. uh, ancient landscape walking through then absolutely no we said before we were nearly nine nine thousand years it could date back it's a fair bit of time in it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but it's just great like what what did this landscape look like nine thousand years ago how imagine, about? i imagine it was heavily forested yeah absolutely Absolutely. It'd be unreal to be walking through a woodland at this oh. hour, just coming up through that scar and into a forest. With wolves howling in the distance. Yep. Oh. We've got one of the quintessential sites of English countryside on our left as well. A huge proud oak tree sat behind a boundary wall all on its own. Just being sort of a figurehead for the for the pass. <sighs> I think there's a road up there actually, just on the left there. See there is cars. a couple of cars. So th this is our clearing now on the left. Yeah. So we've gone through the outcrops. So if we check our map again, just double check that we are coming up to the right way. Let's have a look. Yeah, perfect. So just as JD said, we're coming up to a road. Uh, luckily we can see parked cars just peeking over the wall. Um, but yeah, absolutely, so this path now should take us right to the road and then we can continue from there and we join back onto another path. Alright guys, so you'll be able to see to your uh, left hand side now the road sweeping away to the left hand side. Um, all you need to do is just handrail the dry stone wall you have next to you into the very corner of the wall uh, where you'll see a stile that you can climb over. Um, once you are there, um, what we'll do, uh, we'll meet you at that point and then we'll take a bearing and we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. Alright Max, I'm over. Cool, alright guys, so we've just got to the stile, just climbing over now and Buddy's in tow. Cool, so it we're is. now over the stile um, and you should be just next to a little bit of road where cars can park normally. Yeah, that's the street gate marked on the map. Abs absolutely, so just as JD said, street gate is marked on the map. And um, it's actually on the fence as well, Max, for us. It is, yeah, very nicely. Yeah. And we've yeah. also got signposts as well. Yorkshire Dales Park Authority has got some very nice signs up. That's the one. And it says there, look, this route is a byway open to all traffic between uh, for a distance of 860 meters only. Perfect. 
That's what they want. And if you look on the map, it's marked as um, a green dotted line with thick green lines crossing it, which means byway. And just as it said on here, 800 metres, that looks like 800 metres to me. Just to me. Isn't it? Yep. Brilliant. So, and it should, this should put you um, on the other side of the wall that you were just behind. So the dry yes. stone wall should go on your right hand side. Through the gate and take that. What's the bearing just for interest, Max? So the bearing, if you took it from the very corner of that, um, where the style was that you crossed, which is where I took it from, we are on a bearing of... 20 mm, about 29 29 excellent yeah so bearing the 29 up over the brow of the hill there and down to the ford so um our plan to get to that ford have a drink maybe use the water filter to fill up the water bottles so buddy out with a bit of a bit of a snack maybe bit of a paddle and a snack paddle yeah. and a snack us as well actually us as well yeah so um yeah join us at the ford have a little rest for yourselves and when you're ready to set off on the next leg of the walk here, we'll um, we'll jump back in as we as we leave that ford. I think Max. Cool. We'll meet yeah. you there. Excellent. All right. Well, this is the the ford that's on the map. It's um. It's a tiny bit of uh, water today. It might well run more when there's more rain in the in the. Uh, it might well run more when there's rain um, pouring in. I think yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But for us, it's a tiny, tiny little uh, bit of water that doesn't look too appealing actually to take a drink from. So we're going to uh, pick up some water a bit further along, I reckon. But um, yeah, we just come past those cows. We've got a nice bird call, and we're setting off on the next leg. So it'd be easy at this point to keep hand railing that dry stone wall and um, and head over to one of the, uh, is it, what's that house called Max? Uh, I'll get it for you just now so I'm not uh, making everything up. Um, so we've got uh, Middle House Farm. Yeah, it'd be easy to hand rail that wall all the way to that farm then wouldn't it? Absolutely, but yeah. But that footpath actually cuts off to the right. So make sure you're on the right footpath, you're sort of heading, heading up onto the hillside then and away from the dry stone wall. We see the farm up ahead as you get to the top and we're going to be heading into the hills I think aren't we at this point? We are so we're actually going to be heading straight up the contours. Brilliant, that lapwing. Beautiful. Just going to be careful around these calves with Mr Buddy. Hello, you're gorgeous. Can we give you a tussle? Whoop. Oh no, I <laughs> <laughs> can't. Cows are sheepish. It's because it is a sheep, baby. It's not a cow. You are. It is a sheep. Oh. Honestly, tree and plant ID, you nail it. Cow ID. How do you tell the difference? They all look. They've all got four legs. <laughs> I tell you something though. There's a bit of Veronica Becca Bunga growing in there. What'd you just call me? <laughs> Veronica. Um, Veronica Brookline. Veronica Beckabunga. Beckabunga? That's a right it's, Latin um, name, isn't it? Veronica Beckabunga. 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 Brooklyn. It's a good salad plant. 
Nice. You've got to clean it properly though, especially when you've got water like here next to the cows. I recall my first child that. <laughs> Veronica Becker Bunga Barnes. Yeah, oh nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's it. I don't think Jenny will agree with that, but. <laughs> Definitely near a nest of some sort of this lapwing. It's uh that really? one's not a lapwing, is it? Oh, it's not a lapwing. Ooh! What is that? Oh, wow! I... If anyone can help us on this, guys, after hearing that call, it's bright red feet by the look of it, and a... Red feet. White. It's got tiny coloured wings with a white sort of trim on the back, e back edge and it's got that sort of curved beak a little bit a bit like a curlew I wonder if it's um, I wonder if there are different types of curlew maybe do you know we know after we had our little binge on finding out about birds yeah Darcy got herself my old um, handbook observer's handbook of birds oh nice and was looking through it and I am I'm sure there are different types of curlew that's cool because that's a Bloody beautiful bird. Oh, right, nice claw as well. Yeah, the Chipper. feet. The f is it its feet? Bright red. I think so. It's either that or it's its tail, but I think it's just its feet up behind. Moving a bit fast to see properly. Incredible. Wherever it is, it's absolutely hating on us right now. <laughs> Telling us to get out of here. Do one. You're on my moor. Yeah. That and Mr. Lapwing mobbing. Oh, there's it. the curlew. Yeah. There's some clouds rolling in, Max. There is. Well, it's getting to rain o'clock for what Met Office said. So, we'll, should we see who's the um, who's the winner in all these Met weather Office apps? This first BBC. <laughs> I'm standing by Met Office. I'm standing by. I'm loving how quiet it is. Not a soul. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of. You got. It's definitely worth visiting that. Dale Scar, yeah, just for the, the immediate atmosphere and and how huge it is. But yeah, there are obviously quite a lot of other people there enjoying such a yeah, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, man, once you get out of here, everybody just disperses into different areas. Yeah, I, I imagine most people, if they're not just going to see the Scar, yeah, are on a sort of a loop to Malamtan. I think so. So we've kind of shot out to the left and uh, to the right and there's nobody here. No. Got a whole hillside to ourselves. It's probably good to tell you guys as well if you didn't want to undertake such a, a big walk like today. Um, you, if you type in on the National Trust website, the archaeological walk uh, from Malham. It's a very similar route, isn't it? It's like 5.1 mile, um, which is still a lengthy walk, but not as much as this. Yeah, it's a good kind of, it'll fill your morning and then yeah. drop back into Malham and drop into one of the little cafes or something. Yeah. Give something back to the local economy. I'm looking for a little crossroad. So just having those features in mind when you're walking is always good, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Just the next thing so that you don't walk too far. Um, I often, if I'm navigating in difficult conditions, I'll put a backstop in as well. Which is basically a feature where you'll be um, you'll be interrupted by that feature and not be able to progress and you know you've definitely gone too far so things like a river or a cliff make excellent backstops yeah 
because yeah you just you can't you can't go anywhere but hit that and you know you've gone too far then definitely um just in case you you're walking which is kind of what we've done there we knew that if we carried along handrail in that dry stone wall we'd hit that farm yeah so that's our backstop if we see the farm coming up close to hand we know we've gone too far that's it and we, we actually almost did just then didn't we, well, we were we're away, each other. <laughs> yeah jib jabbering away on the mics wild time again everywhere everywhere yeah. So looking in the background there, Max, the sort of far distance, what's that big feature that we're in for at this point? So, let's have a little look. So we are going to be... Main feature, you've got a big old spur coming out. Cool. Uh, which we can see right in front of us at the minute, with craggy outcrops at the top, which we can see as well. Um, but at the moment, you can actually see that we're, we're coming into Again, a bit of an argument of names, but re-entering the confluence, whatever you want to call it, but we are going into a little bit of a lull in the um, contours right now, aren't we? Which we are. We are in, which yeah. is good. We've got ground a little bit higher either side of us because it goes up by one contour. Um, so we know that we are in this dip right now. And on the map, it's showing that, uh, yeah, the sort of, little mountain brooks and streams all joining in to form Gordale Beck yeah. which may or may not be present in the landscape depending on water levels that's it so having hard things to aim for like Mike says we're making our way on this footpath up the spur in front you can see it's sort of crowned at the top with some rocky crags and I suppose for us if we're in this big uh, what's it called East Great Close area a footpath just south of that we know that if we stay on our bearing more or less we're going to hit a dry stone wall aren't we absolutely or some sort of boundary we'll marker whether it's a fence yeah um so we could use that as a backstop yeah so we know once we've hit that we've definitely gone far enough and we can reassess where our route takes us from there definitely okay. and it might be i suppose the, the joy of being able to navigate is that this route that we've mapped out for ourselves today doesn't take in the high point of uh, of the hill but it might be that when we get up there we want to we want to see the view yeah so being able to be flexible and navigate out to that and back rather than sort of having your head down the whole time with your eyes on the map that's it seems like we've got loads of uh interesting things coming our way as well more settlements uh disused shafts as well quite a lot of them yeah Yeah, there's definitely a lot of historical industry going on, isn't there? Definitely. You've got the uh, Sawyer. Yeah, the micro. So you've got the micro, I've got the squeeze, right? Yeah. Is that right? I think um, I think you've got the micro. I've got the micro. I've got the same as you? Yeah. Okay. I thought we had different ones. No, no, you made the best decision on the reviews. It said it's got the best flow rate. Yeah. I think the thing that swung it for me was that gravity bag thing. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's... I was in an iron between the two. And then that was like, ah, oh, yeah, I want that one. It's just brilliant. It's just so... It's modular, isn't it? It's brilliant. You just adapt yeah. it and be creative with it. Yeah. And I mean, you... that's what I like about most of the filters I use. Like that Liberty bottle as well. Yeah. That's the same. It's If I'm just out for a couple of hours, Yeah. it's just a water bottle. But I know I can refill it if I need to. That's it. And then, I mean, the real benefit of that one, the thing that I really like is that scavenger hose. 
because mm -hmm. there's loads of filters on the market that you can dip into water and fill and then press it and you know or filter it straight in the in the unit yeah but there's quite often like that ford we were just at there's no way i'd want to dink dip the thing that i'm no. drinking from into that water so being able to just bop the scavenger hose on it and pump it yeah it means that I'm not at risk of contaminating my hands or the mouthpiece or anything like that, really. That's it, and M MSR do a good version of that as well as Liberty, don't they? Yeah, it's not as a... Uh, it's faster flow rate, isn't it, but it's not as well filtered. No. So it's that kind of payoff, really. But I suppose that's where, like, nuance comes in. There's a lot to be... There's a lot of nuance missing in the world, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah, just that practical decision-making of going, well, I'm not likely to encounter viruses. Yeah. Or... You know, the area I'm travelling through is really remote, you know. It's, it's yeah, being sensible. Limestone's absolutely incredible, isn't it? Amazing. That contrasting colour as well. Yeah. The white and the grey, and then they've got the really potent lichens growing on it. Beautiful Apparently in, um, in Scotland, in like, the isle, in uh, where they make Harry's Tweed. Yeah. They use lichen to colour it, so they can get real like amazing colours out of lichen, like purples and blues and all oh. sorts. Quite rare colours, you know, from natural dye. Go on, where, where, I want you to answer your question. Where do you think, where do you think in Scotland we get Harris tweed from? The Isle of Harris. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I got him! Finally, guys, I got him. Go on then. <laughs> I know, I know, you got it right. I just, you, you just didn't get it that first time. You're rumming an hour in yourself. Is, is that right? Is it on the Isle of Harris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Watch me get absolutely slated for this now, but <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know, I just assumed. But, yeah, that, Harris could be the bloke that invented it for that, all I know. <laughs> could have been John Harris. That, uh, that, that island where they, you know, they make Harris tweed. Isle of Harris. <laughs> it sounds right. We'll be wrong. We, I'll be say, wrong. You say it with confidence. Oh no, I'll, I'm going to get <laughs> absolutely annihilated. Rona's going to come on commenting, being like, "Hey, what?" <laughs> Brilliant. Look at the memoration up there. Is that what you call them? Birds? Memoration? It's, I think memoration specifically are starlings. Ah, where it's like. Which I think is what that is. It's not, not a huge gathering of them but there's enough to make that sort of um, meticulous swirling Swirl. pattern. If we get to the top of this um, spur should we stop? Yeah. So we've not, we didn't stop at that floor did we? We didn't I'm starving. Yep. So we're working quite hard to get up this hill to uh, yeah, get to the top of the spur. So once a big landscape um, reveals itself to us <laughs> on the other side, we'll uh, we'll stop and we'll have a bit of that's that bit of food and drink that we said we were going to have at the ford. Yeah, and we'll carry on. So uh, we'll see you up there. Yeah, just to save you listening to us puffing and panting up this hill. <laughs> well, me more than you actually. I'm glad you said that. Thanks. <laughs> we'll um, we'll cut out here. And we'll meet you at the spur. Good amount of 
pros with us now. There is, isn't Depends on it, it's dropping it over there, so if it runs out by the time it gets here we should be alright. Yeah. But the wind the clouds are definitely moving this way from that way. It's coming straight for us. It is. Well it'll be bang on time if it does. That's funny though, isn't it? The difference between the two. Between two weather charts yeah. weathers, yeah no. Like I say I am sure it's just all how they interpret it. Yeah. The data's the same. Oh yeah. Pressure trip pressure charts are all the same, aren't they? Yeah. It's what, whatever algorithm I suppose their computers are on. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, imagine if they were paid off by certain regions or <laughs> tourist what, like places. The, the Lake District Illuminati. Yep. He's like, yeah, tell them it's sunshine this weekend. Yeah, get them in, get them in. <laughs> but sir, there's force five winds. <laughs> no, 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 it's going to be sunny. Yep. In fact, tell them that storm is going to hit Cornwall. <laughs> we'll get twice as many. Bluebird skies in um, <laughs> around Snowdonia area today. We can't tell them. They're going on crib go. It's 60 mile an hour gusts. It gives a shit. Tell, tell them. them there's a likelihood of breezes. <laughs> Maybe pack a <laughs> And then what they can do is update it at the very last minute yeah. whilst they're on the way. Yeah, because they've obviously got a partnership with Google Maps to track where people are. That's it. So once they've gone past the point of no return. Yep. Right, guys. Yep, yep. They're in Clonberris. Go, 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 go. <laughs> thunderstorms. <laughs> Hit the thunderstorm button. <laughs> Get them all in the cafes. <laughs> Tell Julie to put on some extra chips. <laughs> yeah, we like cut the corner off this field, don't we? That's it. Should we tuck behind the wall and have some tweeters? Definitely, as well? mate. Definitely. Yeah, that's took behind, as you say. That's that sort of outdoorsmanship though that I think people miss. That subtlety of going, you know what? If we sit on the other side of the wall, yeah. we'll be out of the wind and actually That's it. That makes a world of difference usually. Definitely. Making sure all gates are closed. Excellent, alright, so we're at that uh, at the spur, we've just come through the gate. And uh, we'll carry on along our way. So footpath at this point is going to just cut the corner off this field, and when we go past the next border mark, we're um, basically looking for a fork in the road, aren't we? We are. Which is going to divert us off left, and then we're into open country, so we're sort of navigating on open fields um, until we hopefully find Parsons Pulpit, which I can't wait to see. The sort of that's the high point of the route, and then from there we're sort of heading back downhill towards. In a roundabout way towards Malam Tarm, aren't we? Yeah. Right. With some very interesting waypoints as well. 
yeah again like for us navigating this is a good earmark isn't it we're using this second gate we're going through now to um to just put in our minds that we're looking for that fork in the road yeah so staying vigilant for that um so again having these um, these features these way marks that you're just mentally ticking off as you're walking um, it's good practice rain again in the distance in the valley steadily making its way this way isn't yeah. it? it's a really weird landscape it's it, you know we're not quite in Cumbria into the Cumbrian mountains and the Lake District and we're not quite like we're quite a bit away from the Peak District it's an in-between isn't it yeah for sure in some ways it's got the kind of rolling hillsides of the peaks but it's bigger and grander yeah the occasional massive gorge yeah <laughs> yeah but it seems surreal now that that gorge is just a couple of k that way like the landscape we're on it's just these beautiful rounded top hills i don't think it would do and for it to just collapse down into that right sharp valley it's too hot to put a coat on i really don't want to put my shell on at all <laughs> i win my office wins my office for the win yeah bbc suck it <laughs> that just goes to show the value of like looking at a few different apps There's absolutely multiple definitely just to see what the options are yeah because if you'd have looked at just Met Office, you'd have been like, well, it's definitely going to rain. Yep. I'll bring all my rain gear. Mm -hmm. If I had just looked at BBC, I'd have been out here in shorts and a t-shirt. That's it. So having that option to go, oh, well, Bit of an in -between. Right, then there's a chance well, I'll bring the jacket. Yeah, not the trousers. Maybe not the most heavy duty trousers I've got. That's it. Yep. Oh, look. We've got to our fork in the road. Just as it starts to drizzle. There's even a wooden signpost. Beautiful. That's a novelty. Look at those in the peaks. Up out here as well. Aye. But so we'll take a left at this fork then, eh? Yeah. And absolutely. I reckon we're going to have to put the raincoats on. I think so. Yeah, apologies if the quality of the audio has dropped at this point. This is the first time we're recording with the rain under a jacket we've done rain under a tarp yeah that came out okay it came good but like, I wonder if it'll be a bit muffled now a bit rustly gate now yeah yeah so we're gonna go through that gate I've just checked the map we're basically hand railing this dry stone wall on our right the yeah. whole way up so the path's maybe 20 or 30 meters aside from the wall yeah following it along on the right hand side basically this is a really nice walk for people who want to transition from doing the Peak District one into into this kind of terrain. Yeah, it's next, sort of, I would say, a nice, comfortable next level up, really. Yeah. That scramble initially might put you know some people off, um, and with good reason as well. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some risk involved in that, but um, you can always you could always walk along the top of the gorge. So rather than coming on the inside, there's a route that brings you up the, the sort of the top rather than climbing in it and uh, that'd be a nice way to sort of still take in the the view and everything without having to climb yeah 
Yeah, we've gone from like lowland, the lowland hills to the upland hills now, haven't we? And the yeah. edging into the upland fells, especially as you get a little bit further north into the... Yeah, into the North Yorkshire. North Yorkshire Dales, yeah. We've come into a sort of a little gap between two shelves of uh, wrinkly looking limestone. We have, haven't we? Which I think... So we've been through this boundary here, haven't we? Yep. Um, so we, we, let me just have a look, sorry, looking over your shoulder. I don't think we have just yet, actually. We cut there, took yep. that fork, yep. we went through that field there, yep. and now I think we're coming into this pass between um, the two bits of limestone there, so. which says area of shake holes. So actually just up ahead, so yeah, looking at the contours, yep. just as we drop, we can actually see the hillside dropping down in front of us. Yeah. A couple of contour lines drop down and we're looking for Parsons pulpits. It must be in this area there then. So there's a dry stone wall that cuts off to the right. Yeah. Up there. So we could use that as the marker to know we're at, we're at the point. Yeah, absolutely. And Parsons pulpit, from what I saw on, on the internet last night, it was just a, a stone in the floor with a few stones arranged around it. Um, there seems so. to be a track going up that way. I wonder if that leads to the pulpit. Well, might be worth a look up there, Max, just for the view. Well, I don't know if it's up top. The thing is, there's something marked saying that it, it almost should be over there. Yeah, yeah. I'd got in mind that it was just down there. Yeah. But I just thought, just for the sake of like popping onto the top of that. Yeah. It's only a few metres, isn't it? Yeah. Might get a nice view of the top. just heading up to the top of the very top of the hill just to take in that view i love all these boulders they're so weathered and characterful I mean, that one's got two eyes looking out yeah you see that I see it the bold head and moss growing on it <laughs> that'll be me when i'm older it's just what i say that's how you're getting i'll be sat on here with moss on my head <laughs> telling stories <laughs> oh my legs yeah i'm feeling that pull after yesterday yeah what an amazing landscape. You just seem to be like on a, on a big wide round hill and then you suddenly drop into these little micro features of limestone, almost like little miniature labyrinths or something, little fissures. Yeah. Buddy's found some water for you. Oh, well done, bud. that. It's like a spring actually. Looks nice, isn't it? I bet that's not too bad. Could fill it Minus there. the sheep poo. I'll filter down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your squeeze can handle sheep poo, can't it? Yeah. Easy peasy. Maybe not so much the taste, but nah, I at least like the harmful it. bacteria. It's sweet, isn't it? Yeah, it's like having a wheatgrass shot. There you go. Yep. For all you hipsters out there. I'm with you. Here we go, Max, look at this. Ah, is that a cheeky stone circle? I think it is, yeah. So, yeah, walking down through that kind of, what would you, what did you say, that, down that funnel of uh, a limestone almost. Yeah. The track kind of leads you into that and you sort of funnel down a path following a dry stone wall and you would miss this and go straight down the valley and downhill. But if you come up to the highest point, there is a stone in the ground surrounded by circles. This is the high point, isn't it? Yeah, it's really interesting though because it, like it doesn't show you on the map. 
And it describes that area as the pulpit, doesn't it? So this, yeah, so Parsons pulpit is good. Yeah, like you said, I think it's the area. I wonder if I'd misinterpreted, like I say, this is, I suppose, the problem with Googling stuff. Yeah. I'd misinterpreted that to be that this rock is, is the this kind is of the point pulpit. of that. Whereas I think that, that area might well be, but hey, it might well be that the next thing you hear is me cutting in with some research we've done after this walk and I'll uh, maybe say a little more. <laughs> Listen to those two blathering on from the hillside. They've clearly not done their research, have they? Well, I'm here to fill you in on the, uh, on the missing information. So, Parsons Pulpit is the name of the hillside. It stands at about 538 metres above sea level and it's roughly uh, 130 metres higher than the surrounding area and it's roughly 130 metres higher than the surrounding hills. So you get a fantastic panorama down to the south, the east, the west and you can see quite a far way north but you do pretty soon uh, see the views from a, a, a neighbouring hillside. So, Parsons Pulpit, where does the name come from? Well, having sat by my computer here for the last hour, I can't find much. It seems like it's just a, a local uh, bit of nomenclature for the hill. It might well be that there was, at some point in history, a parson, a sort of a clergyman from the church who would preach to a gathering. And you can kind of see that, you, know, you can sort of hear us reasoning that out there on the hill. There's a raised platform which would very much act like a pulpit. And as the hill sweeps down away from you in front, there'd be a plentiful space for people to gather out of the wind. Uh, out of the weather to listen to the clergyman preach so that does sort of make sense really but i couldn't find anything solid really online so if anybody does have any uh, any links to that I'd, I'd be fascinated to learn more but i couldn't find anything myself the uh, the ring of stones that we mentioned on the floor uh, surround so there's a, a big rock in the ground surrounded by a small ring of stones that uh, is actually an old trigonometry point from the ordnance survey when they were mapping the area uh, it was demolished uh, for unknown reasons in the 1980s, I think it was 1986. So yeah, that's basically what it was. So it's not as old as it might look, even though it's all covered in moss and lichen. Uh, it's just a trigonometry point, that's, um, that's or, the, or the concrete base that remains of it anyway, surrounded by a collection of small rocks. So that's what that feature is. And yeah, that's about all that we've got for you. You'll pretty much hear us now head off to lunch, so I'll get you back to the lads up on the hill and we'll find somewhere to have something to eat. All right, well, that's it from Research JD. Back to Field JD and Max and Buddy the dog, of course, and we'll leave you to finish your walk. We'll see, all right, well, we'll drop back to the path now then, Max, shall we? And uh, head towards the settlement. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Is there a good stopping feature for people? Uh, would be. Following could, along. Uh, get my bearings, there we go. Um, yeah, so you're going to come up to a boundary eventually. Um, so we're about to cross this wall, aren't we, when we, we drop are. down. So you're going to hit the and corner. Then hit the corner. And then we'll hit the main footpath, won't we? I say just handrail hand that wall all the wall. way down. So when we hit the main footpath at Dew Bottoms, we'll, um, we'll come back in. Yeah. yeah, we'll have some uh, have a bit of lunch there as well. Yeah, right? we'll have some lunch there because yeah. I've not eaten anything yet. Nope. And um, we'll come back in as we head down towards Malam Tarn. Yeah. 
Excellent. Looking forward. All right, so we're dropping down from the pulpit, we're back on the path, and on to Jew Bottom. Cue <laughs> <laughs> <Q> musical interlude. <laughs> As you drop down from Parsons pulpit towards the corner of the dry stone wall intersection there is a big trough laid out um, we assume for uh, sheep to drink from but it's taking water out from the hillside through a pipe so as long as you've got a filter that can handle anything that will um, take that out there's an excellent place to refill your water bottles just down from Parsons pulpit. Good amount of sheep sorrel here. Some sheep sorrel here, Max. You found something? Yeah, some sheep sorrel. Oh, nice. Yeah. Not. Um, I don't see sheep sorrel too often. Yeah, it's not super common where we are. Is that the one where it's got the two gills, like the teeth at the bottom? That's exactly it, mate. Yeah. So it looks like an extended lance with the rear spikes on the back. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It tastes like apple peel. It's a little yeah. bit more uh, vinegary, I suppose, than uh, than regular sorrel or wood sorrel. Not quite edible, but more sour. I like that. No. Would you want some? <laughs> <laughs> now, now the dog eats sorrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice. It's just it's a little bit tart, isn't it, compared to like. Normal. That really sweet, lovely wood, wood sorrel. Mm. Welcome back, welcome back. So you find us sat by the Malamtan Estate signpost, erected by the National Trust, just next to a stile in a beautiful bit of dry stone walling. And we're nicely fed, including the dog. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> who stole half my lunch, but we'll let that go, we'll let it go. I'm trying not to cling to material possessions. So, yeah, <laughs> it's good for my zen. <laughs> uh, so we're going to head off now towards Malamtan as the sort of next big feature on the walk. Although there'll be plenty of interesting things along the way. So we we have, we have got a, a couple more settlements right on the side of the path when yes. we take a left now. That's it. So you may or may not have noticed as you've come down that hill to the lunch spot that there was um, some tumultuous bits of limestone and things sticking out of the ground and standing above those you can kind of see the layout of you know a few squares of things whether they're old huts or buildings that sort of thing and there's going to be one pretty much immediately on the right hand side mm. didn't you as we set off yeah so we might talk about that a little bit whilst we're there if we, uh, we make a move yeah, that's yeah the, I think away. 30 meters 30 Got meters away buddy panting away with us yeah little dude and it's nice to know if it's bad visibility on when you are out, you have got huge features to go from. Like we're not going into the steep valley. Yeah. We've got the wall intersecting the path. Yeah, and that style is the first uh, style we've encountered coming down. So. Yeah. Yep, very good. And the signpost, obviously. Yeah, always helps. Always helps. Yeah, I wish uh, Bleak Cloak could do more of, the, more of that. Actually, no, uh, no, I want it that way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like finding those little surprise plaques on the ground when you get up to like an aeroplane crash or something up yeah. there. But way markers, I like, I like finding my own way. Hmm. More of that wild time on the floor. There's loads of it. Loads of it up here. It's beautiful as well. 
Um, get a real smell from it in like, the height of summer. Snowdonia. Yeah. Snowdonia is a special. Get a bivy bag laid down next to that and go to sleep. Oof. So we're heading down again to a sort of tumultuous landscape immediately at hand. Lots of mounds, grass covered with the occasional tooth of limestone sticking out. Sort of reminds me of uh, the. Oh, I'm going to forget the name now, aren't I? The South Downs, is it? In uh, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit? Yes. Where uh, they get taken underground? Yeah. The, by the Barrow Whites? Yeah. The Barrow Downs, that's it. Um, yeah, this is just kind of lush and green, but strangely unnatural as well. It is. There's something ancestrally man-made about it, I reckon. Especially where we stood right now. There's uh, huge mounds around us. And then the big, uh, it's not that big of a crag actually, but it is sort of high enough to look, overlook us as we walk towards it. We're walking uh, west at this point more or less, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so obviously we're after lunch now, so we're walking towards the sun as it makes its way west to sunset. But recording this, we're uh, about a day, a day or two off the solstice, the summer solstice, so our sun's not gonna set for uh, probably another six or seven hours at least. Max's um, let's, micro nabbing next to me. Can we just take a little step onto little detail, these? Yeah. Um, so we're gonna head off the right hand side of the path, up a little mound. What, what, where are you taking me, Max? So what you'll see the circular settlements on your map. They're just off the path. If you go directly north off of the path and just take a walk up to the top of one of these unusual mounds that you see, which is covered with wild thyme at the minute. Um, wild thyme. And what are the what are little white flowers? Oh, that's um, marsh bed straw with it. Bed straw. Oh, wow. This is... There's definitely the remains of an ancient hut just there look you can see the square just cut there. of it with it. it's almost like a wall's been left behind yeah. as well should we take a little walk to that yeah well we can kind of stay along the top of this yeah. mound ridge can't we so this is incredible so we, we basically we, who knows what it was after obviously i have to speak to an archaeologist but um yeah there's just rings huge rings and mounds and the remains of 90 degree corners yeah in the ground covered over by eons of moth. That gentle breeze kicking up over us. And a lot of the a lot of the noise has died away as well, hasn't it? We've just got that breeze that sort of seems quite sombre actually. It's really nice. Walking through. <laughs> you know there's a good amount of forget-me-nots growing on the top of these mounds as well. <laughs> Bit ironic. It is. These walls are incredible. I, I yeah, really if you kinda, guys, you can tell even the stones have been really have been worked. You can, can't you? But you can tell, like whether it's erosion or the skill of the hand, it's uh, 
they were done long 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 time ago they've got a different character to the dry stone walls have been up for a couple of hundred years definitely from a different age altogether from an age where it was just stone on stone stone on stone on stone <laughs> you can never imagine living here at that level of technology just yeah it puts you back really doesn't it, 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 it absolutely it, it really excites you doesn't it I don't know, I've, I just get super geeky about it all, I think. Reminds me of that... You sort of see them all in ruin. Reminds me of that Ben Howard lyric. Um, Every Kingdom. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think this was? It's like a small room to me, isn't it? You've got sort of a square that's maybe four to five metres across. Yeah. Um, all kind of piled in the middle with loose rocks and things but there's a def definite wall in a square shape and it's in front of a huge square that's probably what 10 yeah. 15 meters across um, so whether this was kind of an outer an outer room or an outer building to the to the main hall potentially you know you can imagine anything i suppose i wonder if this section here was keeping a couple of goats or livestock of some sort yes it might have just been an enclosure for livestock and this was their house yeah. possibly i don't know yeah, it could well be yeah yeah i don't know it's oh, it just there's that, so much that, we don't know that must be like the puzzle for archaeologists is yeah. that, that that's where the fun comes in is sort of having your hypotheses and then figuring it out and yeah. going to the evidence and working out what makes sense i was about to say as well it actually reminds me of a scene in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows where they're on top of the cliff but I do remember reading the other day that actually filmed it up at the top of Mallon Cove I think oh did they? yeah they filmed that section where they're in a canvas tent ah right and that reminded me of it well it looks very similar yeah it? yeah I think it, I don't know if it was on top of Mallon Cove but they filmed it in Mallon somewhere oh, that's interesting yeah and that's uh that, yeah, it's that, definitely that, that sort feature. of terrain they're on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, if you like the Deathly Hallows, Harry Potter and all that, then it's a good place to come and visit. Let's keep intersecting these huge old limestone dry stone walls. We were saying earlier about the amount of time that must have gone into them. They're clearly like really valuable and worthwhile doing. It seems unfathomable now to build a wall like that. I don't know if it's because, you know, we don't have the stone readily to hand like they must have done to build them. That sin is, you wonder that every time, where did you find that much stone? I know a lot of it could be crafted and shaped, but yeah, still. I mean, I imagine a lot of it was just scattered around the floor. Yeah. And they just gathered it up. But it might be that they've had a they're a central quarry for it. Yeah, very true. And they transported it out. It's probably a bit of both. Yeah. Makes sense as always. But you think like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how, how long do you reckon it'd take one person to build that wall? A year? <laughs> so you built what? More? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, More? I, I could <laughs> possibly, I could conceive of maybe building a metre a day. Yeah. I think but for how many days I could do that? That is somewhere, that is a thing. Is it? That is a thing that I think a metre a day is normally what the average stone 
a stonemason now right. could could do. Yes, I can conceive of being able to do that. But I mean, that wall's like what? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds three, of three, meters. Four hundred meters long. Yeah. So it's a year of your life doing that every day. Like absolute back-breaking work as well. Yeah, and that's just one wall of thousands. Crazy. Can you imagine the muscles on these people? <laughs> yeah, they'd have been fit enough. So you might notice that me and Max are a little bit more active on the map reading than we were the last walk. That's because we've never been here before. So you can be a bit more relaxed when you've been in an area previously and you've, you know the way well. But you know, out here, like say even the, the distances we're covering aren't huge and we're not a million miles from anywhere. No. It really starts to add up if we make a little mistake here and a little bit mistake there. Yeah. Just in terms of time more than anything, if you have to backtrack half an hour, that's an hour of your day gone. So we tend to be a bit more active on the maps. That's it. It's also known as if you didn't keep tracking you, it's craggy up here, if you twist an ankle, you, you don't know where the hell you are. <laughs> yeah, you then got to figure points. it out. Yeah. Under all that stress. That's it. If you've kept up where you are, you can instantly give you coordinates, can't you? Yeah, and I suppose, more than anything, it gives you that reference as to what's around you, like exactly. those settlements we just walked past. If we'd have clocked on the map, like we could pretty confidently not look at the map from where we had lunch to Malam Tarn. Yeah. And we'd end up there pretty well, but we'd miss all these little things around us. So I've always got the map to hand, like you've got the waterproof one just tucked in. Yeah. I've got the phone tape, in the pocket. Oh, you map in, in the pocket. pocket yeah. Go on, Yes, Over the stile. It's the highest one so far, isn't it? It is. Bit of a hurdle. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I, I just love having the map. I think it's like, I don't know. Well, I think it goes to like, Kindle and a paper book argument, doesn't it? What's what's better? What do you get more nostalgic enjoyment out of? <laughs> yeah. Reading a book or looking at a screen on a Kindle? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather read a paper book. I, I, my preference is a paper book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you say, you get the whole thing's a tactile experience. Then. Yeah. You get the con. You know, you get that physical conception that you're moving through. You know. A, a weighty tome. That's it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it. You're like pushing through the pages, whereas the Kindle is just scroll, scroll, scroll. Like That's everything. it. Um, and I but they have the uses. Like they, oh, yeah. They, they well, are they, efficient and they're easier. Well, they're not cutting down trees for them either. No, exactly. Although, you know, damages to other ecosystems for things like batteries and whatnot, yeah. and lithium mines. Little tan to our right. Tan, teeny one. Worth a wild swim? Mm, probably not. No, I'd probably sludge you on. <laughs> Walking through a high plateau at the minute called Out Pasture. Out Pasture. Nice. Out. Out. Out Pasture. Spell it. Uh, A U T. Yeah. Out. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. O U T. Out. But we'll call it Out. Could be Out this. Could be Out. I think it is Out. It's Out. It's in a pasture. I know that. <laughs> Beautiful. I love. I love little bits like this where suddenly. Like the view's gone, 
yeah. we can't see too far there's little pockets where we can see further but mostly you've just got this bowl around you of just grass lovely it's gorgeous it's a lovely camp spot yeah 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 camping here but you know we just walked through those settlements this would be a beautiful space for a, a house or something yeah Blurrington is the idiots yeah. well I suppose back in those times you want a position that gives you a bit more of a vantage point yeah, maybe definitely see things come in yeah predators and well we don't know what it would have been like in the forest section might have been a swamp or anything like that it could have been yeah could have been anything yeah and then you've got the high crag just poking out in between the little rolling hills around this so we're about to just as we start working our way up and up and out of this plateau we're yeah. just going to hug the edge of a wall on our left hand side boundary nice yeah i see it there and we've got the big crags on our left high above am i right in thinking we've swung totally around now we have we're we going south we are dropping down into middle house farm nice which i cannot wait to see Alright guys, you join us where we've just got to Middle House on Middle House Farm. Um, it's the first set of buildings that you'll come across and it's a lovely, lovely site. Um, what I can see in front of me I think is three buildings um, and they're actually tiled roofed and they look, they've got guttering as well haven't they? So there's a lot of explanations about this on websites which you can look further into depth but what the main information of it really was um they say it was probably a norse settlement so it began as a norse settlement That's cool. um and then was later taken over by um by fountains abbey um so i think there was a date knocking around as well so the first ever bits of recordings from it were apparently from the 13th century cool. 13th century that's crazy yeah, yeah. and then over time like more and more people so added to it, it yeah. yeah so it was, it was bought over by another um owner um and then apparently that's where all these walls came from this like splitting up the land like um adding more enclosures for stock cool. i think it's something like owned like 30 hogs and 150 weathers i don't know what do you think a weather what's a weather I wouldn't know, yeah. Um, but yeah, so over the years, and you can see that, can't you? So I think if, if originally they said from the 13th century it was thatched. Right. And then over time, yeah, that was taken off. And, and yeah, and became tiled. And awesome. I don't think in the 13th century they had plastic guttering. Probably not. So, <laughs> so you can tell that um, things were added over the years, just as we do now. You know, you buy a terraced house you know and what we live in yeah, yeah exactly um but yeah so really 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 old settlement 13th century dated back to they think cool that's awesome yeah there is that we're walking past now quite possibly one of the biggest sycamore trees i've ever seen <laughs> really that's huge one. so the There's sort of yeah, you don't get too many sycamore trees with those kind of big convoluted branches like that and that, that girth of a trunk. 
you get quite tall ones where they've grown fast and free this one's had to struggle for life here exposed on this hill and it's all twisted to show that struggle but it's absolutely massive it is it, it's asking to be climbed as well oh yeah it's a perfect climb <laughs> another day another day i have to walk up from malam town yeah the short way around <laughs> <laughs> oh that sky's looking ominous in the distance behind yeah. us that's what passed over us earlier i think isn't it? yeah we've got these beautiful blue skies coming out here Oh, and I can see uh, Gordale Scar in the distance again. Can indeed. So we're checking the gates locked. Yeah. Ah, this is Middle. Wait, I said Middle House Farm before, didn't I? And the other one. We'll check when we get to the bottom. But this is the other farm, um, and that house that we see in there. Um, quite a few buildings in Mallondale copy that house. What, with the steep roof? Yeah, with the steep roof and the red trim and the estate. The ah, estately cool. looking home. It sort of set off a trend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think this one was like 1800s. Okay. Um, 1718. It looks well for that age. It does, doesn't it? Well, I think, again, a lot of it's been restored and added to over the years. Right. pastures marked as private land so that's those fenced off pastures and we need to hit that gate down there and head over the brow of that hill it makes sense doesn't it yeah yeah that, yeah so that's following that um, fence line isn't it that's it there? yeah yep that makes sense to me yeah that one yeah great close hill's got a cairn on top on the map and there's a cairn there look perfect Looks so, like a proper cairn as well. Tour makes sense. See so how we want to head, like you said, down to that gate? Yeah. I think we're just going to carry on, eh? Yeah, we'll head uh, between those two high points, like you say, that saddle in the in the hillside, and we'll drop down to Malam Tarn. Let's put some miles underfoot. Let's do it. Well, now, we're suddenly approached by a view of Malam Tarn. Absolutely glistening in the sun. That's gorgeous. It's wilder than I thought it would be. It is. For where it is on the map, you'd think it would be more built up around it. But this is oh, stunning. And there's an absolutely a, beautiful boathouse. The little boathouse just down there, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. If you've not, if you're listening along while you're doing this walk with us and you need to catch up, by all means pause so we don't ruin it for you. But uh, yeah, we've just got to Malam Tarn. And it looks really remote, like wild. <laughs> I'm taken aback actually. I thought it would be, like I said, I thought it would be heaving with tourists. Big path around it. Yeah. But it's not, it's, um, it's really quiet high for the surrounding area in all directions there's a big cliff overhanging as we come past but otherwise you can just see the hills dropping away it's just lovely down. and we're getting blasted by the wind as well so apologies if the audio is not great I'm trying to block it with my map as best i can at the moment I'm cupping i'm cupping 
some stone sheep there, uh, some stone circles. Yeah. Look very new, don't they? They do, yeah. Alright, we'll make our way down to the shore. I think so. So nice. Bet it's lovely over on the grassy shores as well, isn't it? Yeah, I bet. Under this big beech tree. Huge. Orchid. Is it? It's a little purple, common purple orchid on the shore. Oh yeah, beautiful. A couple of them actually. Lovely. Lovely. They're really nice. Found a whole whole um, grove of those near my house. Oh wow. They are stunning, aren't they? Yeah. Beautiful little flower. Windswept tree. I was just I checked my compass then. It's uh yeah, nice way to tell again, isn't it? Yeah, you've got the windswepness giving you the prevailing wind and then the big strong dominant branches aiming at the light of the southern side. That is a great climbing tree once again. It is. Almost perfect example of a tree compass that one. <laughs> yeah. A big beech tree near the northern corner of the uh, the tarn, and it's clearly grown up in an exposed area. So it's got lots of trailing thin limbs uh, moving, sort of pointing away from the southwest, which is where the prevailing wind comes from in the UK. And then it's got these big dominant branches growing out horizontally towards the south, towards the sun, and. It's almost perfectly lined up for us actually. Really good example of how you can use a tree to find direction. We're down here now at the shores of Malamtan. Absolutely kind of beautiful remote lake I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely, absolutely lovely. Gulls racing around, cows everywhere. There's ladies smocking the field and a bunch of purple orchids. Even more. Yeah. There's a high crag on one side, but we've got several rock climbers ascending a route. So we're making our way around the side of the lock to where the uh, where it's the sink. water feeds out into a stream, basically, or a river. Yeah. Which seems to go pretty much immediately underground. Yeah, looks like it on the map. Which would be cool. So we head hopefully down there. We, can, we might be able to see it, hopefully. Go Maybe, yeah. Yeah, from there we pick up the Pennine Way, don't we, and head southward towards Malham. Yeah back to the start so while we uh, while we wander along this gravelly track perhaps we'll fade out into another musical interlude and we'll meet you on the Pennine Way walking back towards Malham yeah that signpost looks like it's at the cross junk yeah see that cross in the footpaths I think that's that, isn't it? So if nice. we hang a right at that point, yeah. we'll be down on the road, which I can actually see now. 
the beautiful public footpath sign. This one telling us Malham Cove is a mile and a quarter away. So we've got to where the uh, where the car park is at the southern end of Malham Tarn. Yeah. Looking on the map at our options, it's quite busy today, there's a few people out. And we can either go down a scar, I imagine something similar to Gordale Scar that we were in earlier this morning, or we can take what looks to be a much lesser walked track along the top uh, and into Malham Cove that way. Yeah. And that's the joy of walks like this, isn't it? We get to decide on the fly what we do. We could always come back another day and do it again. Absolutely. What did you say this white was? White flower was it's, again? It's um, meadow bed straw or bed moorland straw. bed straw. Any but it's one, if you look at it, like you could tell me what family that's in just by looking at it. So if you look at the, the leaves in particular, mm. I'll get a good example for you. Like that one. You can see the leaves on the stem that five petaled wall cleavers cleavers yeah nice so they are related to cleavers definitely a nice one and that's the bedstraw family ah okay so when i didn't know this plant yeah i could look at the leaves and i at least i narrowed it down very quickly to the bedstraw family no way. and then just looked at the environment i was in yeah and the thing i googled to find out what it was was yeah. moorland bedstraw plant and that's what came out <laughs> that is what this is called you don't think What's the etymology of the bed straw though? Is it the it's what the, stuff there? Yeah, so a lot of the bed straws families, not probably not this one, it's tiny. No. But the bigger ones like cleavers. Yeah. Um, will have been used to stuff mattresses nice. in medieval times, yeah. Amazing. Yep. And I've, I've slept on them before, they are quite comfy. And do you reckon that's because they're slightly scented as well, so it, it's not... I think I there wouldn't... was something to say that, yeah, they, they deterred bed lice and things like that. Yeah. Um, I can't quite remember actually, I'd have to look them back up. But from my experience, they are comfy to lay on. I'll have to do that next time I sleep in a natural shelter. Yeah. Well, it's just easy to gather in loads, like big quantities as yeah. well, because they die against like fences and hedges and things. Peel them off you can in just like a big peel rug. them off in sheets, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Never would have thought it was part of that. Yeah, you've got to get right down and look at it. So from here, it just looks like you know white specks almost part of the, the like the same family as time yeah it does it's got that yeah same size and um, similar sort of flower arrangement over a style this bar used to be up there we go down a style about to say buddy used to be able to climb ladders and he's still got it <laughs> i'll tell you something the second half of this walk there's been a good amount of signposts, haven't they? There has. So I suppose if you're, if you're not so confident about walking in the outdoors, mm. this would be a lovely place to start. You walk out from Malham and go up to Malham Tarn, um, and maybe up onto the top and back down. Absolutely. It's, yeah, if you need that kind of confidence builder, there's plenty of signposts here. All the cumulus clouds above us. Yeah, gorgeous, aren't they? Beautiful. Big, fluffy classic clouds it's beautiful actually it is take like a panorama i think it's lovely especially behind us there's a hell of a lot not quite hit uh cumulus nimbus though have they they're not uh not mushrooming yet any of them no no i'm just floating there yeah not too gray just nicely white 
sign of a fair day. Yeah. Always reminds me of Toy Story. Yeah, that wallpaper. Yeah. Yep. And they're called what, Max? Cumulus. Cumulus clouds. Cumulus clouds. Kind of like the settlements you've been walking past called Cumulus, but Cumulus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then once they, you see the big protruding mushroom above them. Um, that's Cumulonimbus. Cumulonimbus, yeah, that's when they're just, just turning into like severe rain clouds and that's when you know you're gonna, you're being for a rough time, aren't you? Yeah. Past a couple of styles now, aren't we, Max? We're just approaching Malham Cove. We are indeed, which you can see in front of us. Yeah, so quite a popular area, this. Uh, you were telling me it's where uh, they film part of the Harry Potter films? Yeah, so this, by the looks of it right now, I'm gonna absolutely say that this was the location that they filmed that section in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. Uh, maybe that's why it's popular. Rammed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I reckon we've taken the better route here, because we're on a hillside that's there's hardly anybody on, there's a couple of people a bit further down. Yeah. We've got an empty hill. So we've just dropped over uh, one of the styles. Pretty much the first the first style you see as you um, as you come up to the top of Mountain Cove. And we're just making our way towards it, just to, I guess, taking the views that we, I suppose. Yeah. It's only right we should see it. So we're <laughs> taking we, a sharp right just then, haven't we, after that style? Yeah, that's it. So we're heading, heading down the hill now to um, basically a a cliff face isn't it it is yeah a big bloody um, huge one at that sort of a lime, limestone tabletop full of cracks and fissures and ravines all overlooking the village of malham um so we'll head down there now and have a look we'd encourage you to do the same so max we made it to the top of malham cove we're here we're here we're sat just away from the edge just giving ourselves a little bit of space from the other people on the hill. Yeah, it's not too busy, is it? But it's not nice to get away. Yeah, I'm actually surprised it's not busier, to be honest. Yeah. It's, um, it's a nice amount of busyness, you know. It's good to see people enjoying the outdoors. It is. And it's not, it's not absolutely packed, which is good. And, um, yeah, I mean, we took in a pretty decent cliff in the episode one. This one kind of blows Alport Castle out of the water, isn't it? It's... It's pretty. It's incredible. I put my head over the edge. Then there's the overhang is insane. It's just huge. It's very high, isn't it? But I think it's got a different kind of charm to Alport. Alport's kind of that wild, you know, out of the way yeah. cliff. And this one, you're sort of looking straight into a village. That's it. Um, but it is absolutely stunning. And we're sat just back from uh, that campsite from the Harry Potter films. Yeah. Which is a, a lovely little uh, bit of trivia. Yeah. And I think we've decided we're going to leave you here for this episode. Enjoying the views of Malham Cove, absolutely stellar limestone cliffway um, as we make our way just down the Pennine way back to the car. So if you're following on this walk with us, um, you can see the footpath and the footsteps that lead down to Malham Cove uh, and then onto the village where presumably you might have parked the car. Um, and we're going to have some snacks. Buddy the dogs, I'm in a biscuit. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, we'll leave you here at Harry Potter's campsite for another episode. Thanks for joining us on another episode. Hope to see you on the next one as well, if you've all been listening. Yeah. Again, even if it's in the car as well. Even if Brilliant. it's in the car. Yeah, if you've just been listening at home and you've hopefully taken in some of the ambient sounds of nature and us waffling away. Exactly. Put it on your bucket list to do the walk. Yeah, 
Malham Cove is definitely worth a visit. You don't have to do the big 18k route we've done today. No. You could just have a wander up the 2k from Malham Village, taking the views. Unbelievable part of the world. Really, really nice. And if you if you do want tips and ideas on route planning, or if you're struggling to uh, plan a route, then you know National Trust and things like that have so many maps that you can just maps follow as well. Online resources. Yeah. Of course, you always go on a navigation course with perhaps some. Uh, how bushcraft are doing one you know I think, uh, how bushcraft is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah. bushcraft.com yeah they do some really nice. good courses yeah i'll have to pop on website have a look <laughs> <laughs> so yeah do um do like and share give us a comment uh review on itunes is even better and we'll catch you on the next walk yeah see you on the next one guys i'm from buddy bye as well bye bye <laughs>